Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Get Yourself the Job with Jennifer Hill only on LA Talk Radio. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Hanukkah to those of you out there who may be celebrating and Merry Early Christmas to those of you celebrating that wherever in the world you might be. Thank you so much for tuning in to Get Yourself the Job with Jennifer Hill. Uh, Before we jump into today's show and introduce you to our guest, I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsors who make today's show possible, the people over at Markham Search LLC. Markham Search offers premier professional recruiting services throughout the United States, and they provide a variety of services ranging from temporary solutions, payroll services, executive recruitment, and traditional contingency search. So please do keep them in mind for all of your potential recruitment needs in 2020. Today we have with us on the show, Andrew Gardella. Andrew is a chiropractor who has worked as an access uh, worked as an access consciousness person since 2011. He graduated from school magna cum laude with BAs in biology, psychology, cognitive science, and then went on to receive a doctorate of chiropractic from Palmer College of Chiropractic. Dr. Andrew is a certified practitioner of Body Talk, an access consciousness facilitator. He facilitates Right Voice for You classes, a specialty program of access consciousness. He helps people to be the versions of themselves that they want to be. Thank you so much for joining us today, Andrew. Thanks for having me on the show, Jennifer. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. I know. It's so funny. I wish our listeners could hear the topics we talk about right before we go live because I just am so fascinated to learn about my guests. And then we start to talk and learn so many tidbits about you. And I wish we could just rewind in time and start over. So let's do our best, Andrew. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of how you went down this journey of consciousness and studying so many different things. Um, Well, so I I like to say I've always been a little bit odd or weird. I've always been interested in and the the weird things. And so in undergrad, I did a lot of studying on um, like my undergrad degrees are cognitive science. I really like neuroscience, but in undergrad at my university, they didn't have neuroscience yet. Um, so I just took neuroscience courses or like study a brain courses, like anything with the brain I was fascinated by. Um, so basically, I ended up with three majors because biology had some neuroscience stuff, cognitive science had some neuroscience stuff, and then psychology had some neuro like brain stuff. And I was really always interested in, in um, the creative process, like what led people. So I studied a lot of stuff on like inventors and how they came up with their ideas, and what what you know how how could they have this breakthrough and someone else couldn't. And then also just like the creative process, you, you talk about like how Teflon was invented, which was, you know, quote unquote serendipitous, like the people just like, wait, our results didn't match. And then they, they find out Teflon. If you don't know the story mm-hmm. of Teflon, they, they, it was a failed experiment basically, or <laughs> uh, um, quote unquote failed experiment. And then they're like, oh, we can use this. Um, so, and, and I was always interested in like weird things. So like, I was talking, we were talking before the show about how there was one story about a guy that had a stroke 
but then he was so, and he, it was, it stroked out his visual centers. So he is blind, um, physically blind, but he, he would climb ladders and clean his gutters and things, um, which was always so interesting to me. And then I went to chiropractic school and one of the things that I found challenging about it was, and we were talking about this before the show too, is no one would really look at like the, the miracles or the spontaneous healings or like the things where people would, would have, have this terminal disease and they just get over it and be gone. And I would hear these other stories from other doctors or chiropractors that would have patients like this, you know, where they would have cancer or something on their x-rays and then for whatever reason they'd go and get the x-ray again and it was totally gone. And the, and the, the medical doctors would explain it by saying, Oh, it was an error or something. Like it was just a, and I was like, wait, what? You know, it's also <laughs> interesting. Like um, when things are outside people's realities, they just explain them away as like errors or something or, Oh, you didn't really have it. Um, what? Yeah, it was, it was uh, an so, abnormality or a fluke. And so we're just going to write that one off and then go back to yeah. everybody else who's doing things the normal way and getting diseases the normal way. Mm-hmm. So that was always really something I was interested in. And and at one point in chiropractic school, I got really frustrated because I was always, I've, I've always been really academically gifted and interested. In, like, I just love school. And in chiropractic school, it was such a different environment than my undergrad and even my high school where, where it wasn't really like the studying and the grades and, and everything. One, I just realized it didn't matter that much to me as much. And also mm-hmm. it was like everything was about getting, like just learning the information so you could pass your boards, which was, I was never a, like a person who was like, do this to get this kind of thing. It, it like, it just never was a motivating thing for me. I, I'd have to enjoy it. If I didn't enjoy doing it at the time, then it was like, kind of like, uh. so, uh, and I found access because I was, I, I started taking other seminars and looking for uh, like really searching for things and searching for, for kind of explanations of things. Cause I was like, I was always interested in how people with like someone could have two people could have the same disease and one person would get over it and another one wouldn't, or even if like a common cold, you know, one person would have it and they'd get over it really quickly and another person, or they wouldn't even get it at all, but another person would. And, or like two people, one person would get food poisoning and another person, their body could handle it. And so they wouldn't get it. And that was always something that was like really fascinating to me. Um, and so I was, I was reading a lot of books, you know, we were talking about biology of belief with, by Dr. Bruce Lipton about, and, and that the basis of that book was how your thoughts affect your biology and how um, the things you think can, can you know, skew, uh, skew things. And which is always interesting because in science, they talk about the placebo effect, which is basically, you know, they have people that say, oh, here's this, this pill that's supposed to make you do this, but it's really just a sugar pill. And a lot of times people still get results from it based on the fact that they think it's going to get this result. And then it does. And so I, I came to access. And one of the first things I heard in the access consciousness class was your point of view creates your reality. And I went, oh, that makes so much sense. So it's like your consciousness, your thoughts, like the, the way you see things or the way you think about things, it affects 
what show, how your life shows up and what, how your interactions and your daily life and all those things. And it was, it, so that's one of the things that really I wanted to become an access consciousness facilitator because it was, for me, it was like, so it matched so much of what I knew to be true. And like, it was just very direct and clear. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, so I started I taking all, all these access classes and then I became a facilitator and now I travel all over, all over the world doing classes. Yeah, and I think you were telling me offline as well, you're part of the Access Consciousness radio show. I think they have a show as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a, well, I, I like to say we, but it's it's really just me that, that does the show. Sometimes I'll have other Access facilitators as guests, um, but it's on Voice America. It airs every Thursday, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And it's also uh, in podcasts. So you can just type in uh, voice uh, Access Consciousness show in the podcast and it comes up. Yeah, I think it's so important that we're exploring this area of consciousness because I know today's topic, what I love that your publicist had forwarded over, is our labels holding back. And it got me really thinking personally and professionally in business. One of my favorite stories about a job seeker is I remember this intro. It was a clear day. I'm in Century City. I'm meeting a job seeker and she's a corporate paralegal. And I went to meet her because as most recruiters do, we meet job seekers before we present them to our clients. And she had phenomenal longevity, like 10, 20 years stability with a major law firm. And I met this woman and she didn't fit what you would think of like a corporate picture. In other words, you know, she was kind of wearing more of a moo-moo and her hair was a little out of place. And I think a couple of her front teeth were black. And my normal labels as human beings, we don't even mean to do this, but we kind of categorize somebody. Is this person mm -hmm. professional? Are they not professional? And so few of us can move beyond our initial judgments and prejudices, whether they're biased or, uh, you know, known or unknown prejudices. And so I sit, I stood there and I talked to this woman for 20 or 30 minutes. And I remember being floored, Andrew. She was one of the brightest, most articulate brilliant, you know, approachable human beings that I still to this day I've ever met. And we had the most fabulous conversation. And here was somebody who didn't fit the label of what most law firms were looking for at that point in time. And I mm -hmm. remember, Andrew, I went back to my office and I called the client who I had a good relationship with. And I said, do you trust me? And the client said, yes. And I said, I'm going to send you somebody. And if you can just trust me that she is going to be the best damn paralegal that you're ever going to hire, you'll thank me later. And I kid you not, Andrew, during the midst of her interview, they didn't even go through me. They offered her the job on the spot directly to her because, you know, you were able to reframe. But so often I've had the opposite happen where somebody who is just extraordinary gets looked over time and time again for a job or a promotion because they don't present the way you're supposed to present in an interview mm -hmm. or in the upper echelons of management. Yeah, uh, I think it. And, and like you said, this it's it's tricky. One, I think it goes both ways because you could look at it as um, you as as presenting yourself as a job seeker, like what their labels are. Because that was one thing that I always kind of resisted. Was I never? I was like, well, if I don't fit this mold or what they're looking for, I don't care. I'll just. Uh, go against it or just be myself, quote unquote. But then I realized, oh, wait, I could just dress in a certain way and then I could actually use that to my advantage. Hmm. Where, where uh, you know, this is the, like, oh, like one of the things I've I realized doing classes and everything 
when I wear a suit and I dress nicer and everywhere, anywhere I go, I, yes, sir. Mm. They respect you more. Sir? Uh, yeah, and I, I look very young for well, I, I've looked very young for my age. Now it's not so much so, but I but I've always been, you know. I remember I was in chiropractic school and I got ID'd at a uh, rated <laughs> R movie, and I didn't have my. I was like, I'm not going back to my car to get my license. Like either let me in or I'm leaving. But so I was, I was just always looked very young. I have a baby face, I guess. <laughs> um, but it, it's always interested me <clears throat> that when I'm in a suit. There's just people have their, their their judgments or their prejudices or, or the things they go to, but you know sometimes I show up in a hotel and I'm dressed in like I just went and worked out or I was just having a lazy day, so I'm in like a t-shirt and jogging pants, and they don't recognize me even though the person knows who I am. They're like, oh, well, sorry, I didn't recognize you. Why? Well, they're used to seeing me with like in a suit and everything, and so it's it's really interesting how. Um, the labels people use and what, like you said, what they're looking for. So I, I personally started like playing with it rather than going against it. Because mm. you could look at it as like the labels people are using are, like you said, they can hold you back from getting the job or, or getting whatever you want in your life. But you could also realize the other side of it and look at, okay, well, how do I have to present myself that actually gets them interested in me? That's a great point is I love it to go back to your earlier point. And this is why I've had multiple access consciousness teachers on the show is I love this concept of you are what you perceive. Our perception does define us. In fact, I think in quantum physics, they call it the observer principle. Just by merely mm -hmm. observing something, we're changing it. And for me, I'm out here going, I'm going to resist this. You can't tell me what to do, you know, and you're saying, you know mm -hmm. what, Jen, you don't have to resist it. Just notice what the labels are. Notice if they're holding you back. And if they are holding you back, then choose to either align yourself if you want to move further along your career or pivot and you can do something else in a career that doesn't require go into the music industry where you're not required to wear a suit. If you're in a pair of jeans and yeah. a ripped t-shirt, you're going to be the coolest guy or girl in the room, you're gonna, right? You're the, you're the rock star. Exactly. So, so let's play with this concept of labels and how we can kind of work within them or transform them. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, well I think, you know, like your example of the lady, like I think you with the paralegal, well, you went beyond it and you saw, oh, wow, she's actually, she's overly qualified and she's really personal and she's other things. But at the first, like just based on looking at her, you wouldn't go with these things because she looks in a way that is contrary to the the labels you would associate with professionalism or intelligence or whatever else. So I think you could play with it as you just did. And, you know, in some ways of, of finding a way to counteract how, like the, the, the prejudices or the judgments that people come to right away. Um, you know, like you said, with your clients, you said, do you trust me? Like I, I get it might look this way, but it's actually not. Um, and so I think we can do that in our own lives too, of where you can counteract things. Cause I know I look really young. So then I learned how to, to dress in a different way that made people question if I was actually as young or if I was that young, I must have money or something, which is why I, I started dressing a lot better. Cause I realized when I dress a lot better, it doesn't matter whether I'm young or young or not, because people assume that cause I'm dressed that way. I'm, I'm professional. I, I must have money or or some 
like something which counteracted the labels where they would put me as young, which means I don't know anything. I, I don't have any money. Uh, you know, whatever. You're not trustworthy. I, I can't take I'm what you're saying seriously. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I can't really get that. You know, it, it's always interesting when, you, when you're looking at uh, facilitating somebody and giving them tools and information. And then they're like, well, you know, they are like, well, you're like my, my grandchildren's age or something. Which is, you know, for, for some people, that's a really, uh, it's a difficult kind of concept. And so, so this is where I was looking at, because my point of view was I would just like to, to contribute to people and, and, and change their world. So, and so if I showed up with jeans and a t-shirt to the class, then they're not going to take me seriously because they automatically go to, well, you're not taking this seriously. And, you know, they might not say that out loud. They might not even realize they're thinking that, but if if you show up like that, then, you know, you, you automatically, like I realized, oh, I lose people before I even start. Yeah, you know, or it's I have funny. the possibility to lose people before I start. Yeah. It, it was funny, Andrew, pardon my interruption. I was just thinking something yeah. occurred to me as you were speaking is what if um, our listeners played a little game with us and, you know, maybe thought of the 10 people in their lives and who those people are to them, they might be close friends, they might be people they don't like very much, they might be family members, and they might write down how it is that they perceive these people, like what their strengths are, what the areas that I don't like to call it a weakness, but an area they might be able to grow in. And if you had mm -hmm. friends, or especially people who you're in good communication with who are willing to play this game, and what better time to play it around the holidays where you have a lot of friends and family around, where you had your friends come up with a list. And you could even do it anonymously, because there was this great exercise I'd learned about years ago where people write down or tell you their first impression of you when you met, uh, what it was that surprised them about you, where they've been disappointed by you, what they can count on you for what they can't count on you for, and what their impression is of you now, that might be a really interesting holiday game to play if you can't tell each other's handwriting or you type it up or something. And then people yeah. could actually see how they're perceived and how others perceive them. And then you get to start to check in and say, wow, are these labels of other people empowering me or disempowering me? And how can I pivot and choose something different if this isn't what I'm committed to? Yeah, and I think that's always something that... For, for me personally, I, I never really was was as aware of, of the impression I was creating in people's worlds. Because that's, you know, this is, I think it, it's, and this is really our label, like when I look at how labels can hold you back, it's like we can create the labels, we can create whatever people's first impressions are. But oftentimes we don't realize the first impressions that we're creating in people's worlds. Mm. You so know, true. So it's it's like we we think oh this doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter to to me perhaps, but it it might matter to the other person or the people you're sitting down to interview and things. So <laughs> I, I just I become. Yeah. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Oh well, it, I was just going to say it's something I became more aware of as I like the more and more I've done uh, like like running my own business and everything. I was like oh this is actually something that's valuable. Because to me, it doesn't matter if I show up in jeans and well, in jeans and a t-shirt or things. I'm like it. It like to me and my mindset and everything. It it it's not a big difference, but but it is in the way of how other people perceive me, uh, how other people perceive me, and like the first impressions and everything. So I realized, oh, this is something where 
for me, it's not a big change and I'm not going to fight this. I can just wear this. And then it looks different. Like it, it, you, you are perceived different and your first impression is different. Yeah, it's funny because I just got out today. I had the luxury of going in the middle of the day to see Star Wars, which how I even got a ticket, I don't know. And don't worry, there's no spoiler alerts coming to any of you who haven't I've already yet seen, seen it. it. So you can't spoil uh, okay, well, I don't want to spoil it for any of our listeners. But you may remember this. I think there was a part of the movie where Ray, who's the main female character, was talking to one of the other characters. And they said, does it matter to you? Where It might have been in Star Wars or something else, but... It, Oh, no, sorry, I'm scratched that. I just came from Star Wars, so it's fresh in my mind. It might have been a different book that I was reading, but the main character in this um, thing that I'm thinking of said, does it matter to you or does what I think matter to you? And you think of these people who nothing matters to them. Oh, how great would it be if I didn't care what Andrew thought or what our listeners thought? Mm -hmm. And you would think that's almost like having a superpower, not caring what people think. But yet people mm -hmm. who want to be great leaders and want to make the biggest difference in the world, you want to let the people in your life know that it does matter what they think because you do care, not in a self-deprecating way, kind of more in a Brene Brown sort of way, where allow it to matter for the other people who are out there playing their hardest on the field, you know, and playing the game. And mm -hmm. now it's killing me. I can't remember if it was in Star Wars, but I want to say it was. Um, where the, she had asked this of one of the characters and they said, and she said, yes, actually, you know, it does. Um, I do care what you think. And I think it's just so important that not caring seems so freeing and liberating, but if we can care with the right intention, I think it can shift the perspective if that makes sense. Well, and, and yet in that, oh, the caring is a difficult concept. And I think we talk about it. Well, we talk about it with the access classes in a way too. It's, it's like for you not to care if you care isn't it's not really actually possible but i think caring is you know caring what people think and just caring about them in general is is different things too and and looking at I th this is again where the labels are this is where like you know if they think one thing about you then do you care about it or is it something exactly that it's a conundrum how do you solve yeah. that problem well i think that the easiest way is to look at it as um it could be information about you and is it really like for me when, when it comes up i always look at is this actually relevant to me because you know someone could come up to you and say something that's totally it has no basis it's not even true and it, it and it's just you know uh, okay, so they thought this about me or whatever. But, you know, how is that relevant to you is, is my question. I'm like, okay, do I care what this person thinks? Um, we usually, what we talk about in the access classes is like your, your thoughts are the labels that you're putting out there. So do you really want, do you want to care about those thoughts? Mm -hmm. Maybe not, but you could look at what you would like to choose. So, you know, if I'm constantly getting people that are having this impression of me or this label or, well, then I start looking at, okay, well, how do I actually change that? Because I'm obviously doing something and, and what we talked about earlier with your point of view creates your reality. So there's something that I was doing or choosing that is creating this outcome with, you know, so many people. It's like, 
if I'm going and presenting myself in a way and it keeps coming back that way, I might start looking at, okay, so what can I choose here that would change this? Or what could I do different that, that could change this? So do you have any tools that uh, you talk about in access consciousness, like any specific tools that people could play with to start to transform the way that they interact with labels? Yes. Um, let's see. I'm like, which way do I go? So many different. So many choices, right? Yeah. Um, one, I, I think that the easiest thing is to, to look at, like so many people want to identify these labels and then look at them and like, like figuring it out, but figuring out if you could have figured your life out by now, it, you would have. Mm-hmm. So, so because we all think about all these things that we try to figure them out, but they, some, sometimes the easiest way is, is to just actually start making different choices. Um, and it's like, okay, so what does that look like? Well, one of the one of the tools we talk about is if you ask a question, a, a question empowers and an answer always disempowers. Um, so true. And so you could ask a question of yourself or or of people if you want to. But in this case, you know, if you're you keep running into this label, okay, so what could I do different here? And just ask that question and kind of see what shows up for you. Because when you ask a question, it it opens up. A possibility it creates it it starts to break kind of the, the your train of thought uh whichever direction you're going and starts to change it in a way of where you actually open up to a different possibility so one of the questions that i, I usually use when i'm running into to difficulties is okay what else is possible and you could ask this of yourself you could ask it of people i've done it like i've used it with uh, with airlines and stuff, they're like, okay, well, sir, we can't change your flight. There's nothing else we can do here. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what else is possible? And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I just said, well, what else is possible? And, and then they're like, well, I could actually check this. And And so the amount of times that I've had, like, I've asked that and flights get changed or they find a way is amazing. Cause when you actually, when you ask the question, what else is possible, you get people to, you start looking at what else is possible rather than, you know, the impossibilities in life. And this is, you know, with the labels, this is usually where we end up stuck because we, we hit this label and then there's no possibilities. Yeah, it's, it's limited. I think that's one of the things my teacher, one of my mentors had taught me a long time ago was, are you coming from a limited point of view or an unlimited mm-hmm. point of view. So with the example yeah. of the first woman that I had mentioned in the story, you know, I originally was coming from a limited point of view. Oh, this isn't somebody I can help because she doesn't fit the large law firm at the time what that particular client was looking for subset mm-hmm. of characteristics. But then I was able to break free of the limitations and go, what if, you know, well, she has X, mm-hmm. Y, Z, A, B, and C. You know what? Let's see, what if I shifted my perspective? Then could I come from an unlimited perspective, which is she's going to be the best person they'll ever hire. And I kid you not, she was. She was there 15 years after that. Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, like with the labels, and you said an important thing of like, we always look for what fits as if life is a puzzle piece. Yeah. It's not, we try to fit everything into these nice categories, but sometimes the what like one of the other questions I always look at with, with my business is, okay, so what's going to actually work here? 
is we oftentimes look for what's going to fit, but when we look for what fits, it's usually that which matches our labels or like our defined picture of how everything's going to work. But lots of times we don't have all the information and we don't really, you know, we, we can make sure we have like, we try to do this logical way of, of our life where, okay, these are the things I want and this is what it's going to look like and everything else. But it totally eliminates any other possibility that, you know, the universe could find you something better or there could be something that works greater than you can imagine. Um, we try to make it fit into our labels and, and what we know rather than looking at, well, you know, like with this, this lady, which I think is such a good example, you're like, well, what else is possible? Well, what, oh, okay. Well, she has all these cat, because uh, at the end of the day, we say we would like one thing, but is that actually what we'd like, or are we looking for something else? Because at the end of the day, what was the company looking for? They were looking for a really good employee that, that worked really hard, you know, that all these things, but it just didn't look like that. And I think that labels get us into, into, into so much trouble is we, we go for what things look like rather than like what they are. Exactly. Um, I love that. We, That's brilliant. Yeah. We, we try to, and this is something I think we look for like the picture that matches what we think it is rather than um, like what we talk about in the access classes is something that energetically matches versus something that kind of visually matches. Yeah, I think and, it's a great I, example. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with with these labels, so much of of what we do is we we look for, like, the visual cues rather than actually all the information, which yeah. would be kind of then magic. And I think that to your point, when we think outside of, you know, what our brain has taught us or what school has taught us, that's where creativity exists. That's where you can mm -hmm. really begin to go beyond. And to your Teflon example, it's a great example. You know, sometimes you can find, you know, uh, the holy grail of things. It's it's funny, there was a TEDx talk I'd heard about a month or so ago. I think it was TEDx Reseda Boulevard for any of our listeners out there who want to check it out. But there was a doctor who accidentally may have found a way to reverse aging. He was working on one thing and then surprisingly something else happened and they realized by reversing the thymus, you know, and removing the fat from it, people were literally reversing in age with their organs and their ability to heal themselves. And it just, you know, he could have said, oh, this is a mistake. I should probably throw away all this research. But instead, he might be able to, you know, reverse aging for all of humanity, which is kind of a big accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And I think penicillin was another one, like another like discovery that was kind of like serendipitous, you know, quote unquote, or like mistake worthy. Um, they, they think, you know, and I think this is where like the labels, the idea of labels is the labels are the, like kind of the box we put ourselves in. But you could actually, when you look outside the box, there's so much more possible. Completely and, agree. And I think with, with, you know, creativity and in the, the right voice classes, that's really what it's about is actually going, like stepping outside your comfort zone, outside your box, um, outside the labels. Why? Because change only occurs from when you're uncomfortable. Like, you know, forward movement might be a little bit uncomfortable because why? Well, you're stepping outside of kind of the labels and the box and all these things that you put yourself in. 
to, to look to do actually something different and to, and to choose something different and to, to like grow beyond that box. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, Andrew, we could talk for about, about all of this for hours and I love it. I hope we didn't get too sciencey for our listeners out there. I love this quantum physics stuff and I'd love to mix it all together because I think that consciousness, whether you're looking at it from kind of the more esoteric metaphysical component or if you're looking at it from the tried and true science, neuroscience side of things, I think it can be really helpful to understand ourselves as human beings and to go beyond the bounds of who we know ourselves to be. So, Andrew, were there any other topics I didn't get a chance to cover or anything else that you wanted to leave our listeners with from today's show? Oh, geez. I, not, not that's going to be short. I think um, if, if you guys are really interested in, in what we're talking about and the Access stuff, you can check out the Access Consciousness radio show on Voice America or the Access Consciousness show podcast. Um, it's been around since December of 2012. So there's, you know, 50 shows in each year that you could check out and listen to and just on a variety of topics and things. Yeah, I love it. And all of the teachers I've had on from Access Consciousness, I learn something new every time. And uh, thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in and for you for sharing this with us today, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a blast. I can talk yes. forever, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I gladly appreciate it. So thank you so much to everybody who tuned in today. And as a reminder, I do now host a new weekly television show on awaketvnetwork.com, where myself and much along the lines of what Andrew's referring to, the show is, uh, the network is about consciousness and has live streaming teachers. And you can check out the network for free and tune in live on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, uh, you know, just kind of check out different concepts related to metaphysics, related to science, deep dive. We have doctors on the show, entrepreneurs um, on the network as well. And so I really invite you to come and check that out and all of the amazing other teachers on that network as well. Uh, if you miss any portion of today's show, do feel free to go to iTunes at the end of the week and type in Get Yourself the Job on iTunes. You can leave us any comments, feedback. Please rate us. We greatly appreciate it. It's the only way that we can grow is with your feedback. And you can also find it on latalkradio.com. And if you go to the Get Yourself the Job page on Channel 1, you'll find an archive for today's show as well as any prior shows that we've done. So please feel free to check us out. Leave us any comments. Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Many, whatever you might be celebrating out there. Wishing you a happy, wonderful rest of your week. And thank you so much for tuning in today. You're listening to Get Yourself the Job with Jennifer Hill only on LA Talk Radio.